Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to the super secret special bonus episode of Tim and Ben Do Science. Again, I don't think Bryn's understood this. It is in a public feed. Calling it's just it super secret. It's not. It's just the next one. Do you think when you watched the first episode of Sherlock and then there was an episode two, you were like, <gasps> a secret bonus episode? <laughs> yeah, it gets even more secret. By the finale of any season, uh, Bryn thinks he's the only I've one. I've decided to call it that because I'm having fun and you guys <laughs> can't stop me. <laughs> it's true. We can't. We can't. He's physically in a different place to us. We'd love to, but we simply... We can't stop him. <laughs> Today we are talking about episode 62 of Stella Firma. We've done three different Tim and Bendy Science episodes now. We discussed many topics within and around science and how we have used, abused, or completely ignored them in Stella Firma. Oh, yes. And we've come back for this very special episode because Tim and Ben decided to come into my house, <laughs> come into my own home. With our dirty shoes of knowledge. Get him up on the terminal and insult him. Canonise me within the podcast 
as an angry man with glasses shaking my head at them. And I've decided that this hubris can only be rewarded with me actually shaking my head angrily at them in real life <laughs> and questioning them about everything they said in this episode. And friends, he is wearing his glasses. <laughs> Reader, I saw them shake. <laughs> so, as an incredibly rapid recap, hello, my name is Bryn. I am part of Rusk Gaming along with Ben, and I have been asked to do Tim and Ben do science episodes for Stella Firma at the end of each season because of my degrees in applied maths and theoretical physics. My master's dissertation was indeed on black holes, and I consider them, in some senses, my specialist subject. We've had three science specials. We have left the score is one special each. The points are pretty even between Tim and Ben here, but we haven't decided the final contest because it will all be based on just how much they annoy me during this, our final super secret special bonus episode. Congratulations, Ben. In which yep. case, I think it's in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adore that we made the same joke at the same time. You know what? I, I actually won a prize from the Stuttgart Institute of All Science for most enthusiastically wrong, so I am oh. very confident here. There we go. Now, in episode 62... Trexel claims that science cannot know everything. True. And I, as the resident science man here at Stella Firma, the podcast, not, you know, the in-character company, uh, would like to dispute that, which is that science can eventually, we hope, provide the answers to oh, everything. Oh, that is a lot of caveats. I mean, that is, come on, come on. Like, that is not, like, I'm going to take away your biology point. <laughs> <laughs> so... The first claim, the first claim in episode 62 is that messing around with gravity causes issues with time. And in fact, the, the, the very brief itself, the very brief itself in this episode was that the black holes are causing time pockets of unstable sure. time. Yes. And we're going to we're going to hear accept that premise. It's not completely accurate. C can I can I can I show you my working for me saying that? Because <laughs> I appreciate pockets bit of a tricky idea to observe time in pockets well to be fair tim i think i don't think this is your working i think this is this is the the brief givers oh is it we've been we've been set up with a well it's something i would fully agree with for one fact i know and if i've got a fact Ooh. i have to share it it is my curse upon this earth <laughs> which is when they are doing satnav which responds which basically involves the difference of times between clocks in like it, it, it's called relies on the, on knowing the time at various places yep. one of those places yep. on a satellite and when they first did it um it was all vastly wrong because they account haven't accounted for the fact that the i think it was something to do with like the gravity at one point on a satellite and the gravity on earth when you're doing it were different to the point that the speed of time was slightly different and therefore the clocks were desyncing and you had to account for the difference in gravity because of its effect on time i think something like that Bryn, did any of that even sound you are like correct. the truth? Yeah, yeah you GPS yes. works on uh, exchanging signals with satellites. The signals are essentially time codes. The time codes have to be incredibly precise to accurately place where the receiver is. And the gravitational effect of where the receiver is has to be taken into account because the timing has to be so precise. Um, and the strength of gravity is not just different on the surface of the Earth and where the satellite is, but in fact varies depending where exactly you are on the surface mm. of the Earth by a few percentage points. So we're ageing all at different speeds, but it's so little that it doesn't really matter in the day-to-day -day of our lives. Is that because of our old friend density? Well, because yes. we're stupid, is that what you're saying? 
Okay, so in episode 62, Trexel claims that gravity is sort of time and time is basically gravity. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. That sounds like the kind of thing somebody would say in a TED talk to a, a smattering of knowing laughs. <laughs> and that is absolutely wrong. Mm. <laughs> oh, what? So gravity has a significant effect on time. And Tim is correct in sure. that. Well, let's delve a little bit into the history of gravity. So our understanding of gravity as a scientific construct and the mathematics behind it, not the fact that we observe that gravity is a thing that exists, dates back to primarily Isaac Newton, although there were plenty of other scientists uh, before him who laid the foundations for his work, such as Galileo, and he's not even the only one. So Newton was the one who laid the mathematical understanding of the laws of gravity as they apply to us. And we our understanding of the universe uh, followed the laws that Newton laid down for a great many times. We discussed way back in Tim and Ben do Science Number 1 how science is a method of understanding the universe and essentially a, a form of model and we apply the results of that model and see how accurate they are. And the Newtonian model is pretty accurate in everyday situations. But as we approach the 20th century, we start to discover more and more situations where the Newtonian model was a little bit inaccurate. And this has led to the explosion in 20th century physics, primarily in the quantum area of study, which is the study of the very small, the subatomic, and the cosmological area of study, which is the study of the very big. Enter Andrew Einstein. (laughs) (laughs) So the Newtonian physics breaks down when things are very heavy, very big, very small, or very fast. Those are the key things that can cause the Newtonian models of physics to, um, to, to stop working to an acceptable degree of accuracy. So is Newtonian physics what we call today a basic <laughs> bitch? <laughs> I mean... It loves pumpkin spice latte. And Ben has correctly identified one of the key figures in revolutionising our understanding of gravity specifically. Mm-hmm. Is was indeed Mr. Albert Einstein. Isaac Einstein. Dr. Albert Einstein. Professor Albert Einstein. I think it's Antonio I mean, Einstein. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I imagine he had many titles within his gonna, life. Gonna, gonna run out of A names soon, but I'm gonna keep yeah. going. <laughs> I believe in myself. And Einstein formulated both the special theory of relativity and the general theory of relativity. So, my first question Do you know? what topic, essentially, the special theory of relativity is on, and what topic the general theory of relativity is on. I've listed four ways Newtonian physics breaks down, and basically the special theory applies to one of them and the general theory applies to oh, one of them. Right. I, I think special theory of relativity is when it's your birthday. Yes, well, the general <laughs> theory, if, if it's, um, it's speed. So fast, when things are very, very fast. Yes, I think, because that's yeah, the one where it's like the faster the speed of light you go, th- the more time slows down. special is when you're very, very small, or indeed when you're very, very big, All right, or now. indeed when you're very, very All dense. Right, fair, <laughs> enough. fair enough, then. So the, the special theory of relativity is about high speeds. Oh, no, oh, that was We eliminated the best one. Yeah, that was just, the special, I'm afraid. And <sighs> I, I am going to give a point to Ben here, because he has correctly identified that the... the the theory of travelling at high speed when you're close to the speed of light, time slows down, and indeed, space contracts. So travelling at high speed causes effects on space-time. So just actually, and this is more me like, so is the, the general theory is E equal MC squared, right? That's Or is that special? E equals MC squared is a subset of 
part of the equation that applies to cases in the special under the special right yeah so that is the one that's about not even all of it cases so when people say (laughs) so when people say the theory of relativity is equals mc squared what they're essentially saying is beep because they've actually conveyed no information of you it's it's definitely one of those things where i didn't think that einstein like said i've got my i've got my theory and it's just that on a piece of paper it's just equals mc squared he's like what do you make of that he had he had e equals mc and he's sitting there with a piece of chalk just going hmm how do i finish off this theory yeah (laughs) so one of the outcomes of the special theory of relativity is that mass is another form of energy so yeah. up to that point, our understanding of energy was it came in various forms, uh, stuff like kinetic, electrical, uh, blah, blah, blah. Sexual. One of Einstein's, the consequences of Einstein's special theory of relativity, that mass itself is a form of energy. Mm-hmm. And that the key thing is, is the reason one can, a, a, a an object that has mass, that when you're talking about the theory of special relativity, you refer to as a massive object, which is misleading because massive Cause just big. in this case means has mass as opposed yeah, to almost has zero does. mass can never reach the speed of light because that as you increase the energy towards that object, more and more energy goes into increasing the mass of the object and less and less goes into increasing the kinetic energy, i.e. the velocity of the object. So E equals MC squared is an object at rest, how much mass energy it contains where C is the speed of light, M is the mass of the object, and E is that energy. So an object at rest has a mass energy of E equals MC squared. But the, the real useful equation is how you then apply that as an object starts to move. And so it's really about how the energy divides between the speed of the object and the mass of the object as its speed continues to increase. So it's energy equals mass times the universal constant, which is the speed of light squared? Yes. Okay. I said that as if I understood what that therefore means, but I just feel better about myself. Yeah, you've you've successfully identified what the letters are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's to be honest, in day to day, that's more than I need. I mean, that's all you need. That's like that's that's the kind of knowledge you pick up like by playing Elite Dangerous, right? Because they will measure distance in C, won't they? Because it's a like light second, I think. Effectively, yeah. C is is the distance light travels in a single second. When I'm playing Elite Dangerous, it feels like a light year because that game is very slowly paced. Oof. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. <laughs> not getting up from that one are Take they Take that Oof. frontier developments Oof. okay so that's the theory of special relativity special Bryn Monroe moving on noise absolutely <laughs> but we're not really concerned with that in episode 62 so episode 62 is mostly about black holes and gravity and that brings us on to the general theory of relativity so special relativity is the effect on space-time of an object traveling very fast general relativity is the effect on space-time of an object being very massive and we're moving back here to the conventional understanding of the word massive being big and chunky and heavy. Yeah. So one of the things early on in the episode is the we have to fix the time dilation of... Yep. Oh, I've definitely heard that phrase used. Um, but <laughs> Caused by... Uh, caused by the, the... Well, this is my question. So what he, he do can't we even say it, Tim. It's so unscientific, he can't even say it. What do we understand by the phrase time dilation? And what can cause time dilation? Uh, it's the experience of time from our perspective becoming longer. I mean, that's it. Like fundamentally, like a second from our perspective. Like obviously, from our well, no, from not, from our perspective, a second is always a second. But yes. from yes. the the perspective Relative. of an observer, yes, it is more than a second. It's where the relativity comes in. Absolutely. So, point to Ben: time dilation, time slowing down. 
it's when your experience of a second actually takes longer to an outside observer. What two things can cause time dilation? Uh, speed. That is the first one, yeah. If you're traveling very fast, time will dilate. And I'm going to say, weirdly, size? Gravity. Gravity. Yes, size of you, gravity. You, you actually, you actually explained this in a real case study, Tim. Oh, did I? The whole satnav thing, because it was gravity Absolutely. affecting the time. Yeah. Oh, bums! I should have had these two beers. I've forgotten facts. <laughs> even I knew ten seconds ago. So, if you are close to a object that exerts a strong force of gravity, time is dilated. So, in fact, from the perspective of an outside observer in interstellar space, the entirety of human existence happens in a dilated time frame because the, the, the perspective of a second to someone floating over, out in interstellar space far away from any sources of gravity would yes. in fact be that the time is progressing slower for all of those of us here on the surface of the Earth. So is time and the speed of light intrinsically linked because we observe things sort of related to the speed of light and time is basically the difference between those perceptions? Because like, time isn't a thing. Like, time is, like, the result of some things, and we perceive it as time passing, say. So Ooh. is it, like... Ooh, but you're then, getting like, perspective But then time can't go time. backwards, so time sort of has to be a thing because we, we know backwards time travel isn't possible, so it sort of is a thing. But, like, if, the if like, time travel is... Ha you know, if, if you're perceiving time differently because all the light's falling into a black hole, so you can't... So, like, that's what's messing with the constant... Is... Oh, it, Beep. <laughs> yeah, you you missed the real like the toke inhale at the start of what you just started saying. Yeah, so. but do do you, do you know the the sort of reasonable point at the middle of my lack of words for it? I mean, you're asking a very good question, which is the fundamental question is what is time? What is time? And <laughs> there's going to be two different answers to this question based on are they yes and no? Because if they yes and no, Brent, I'm going to be very cross. <laughs> what you mean by the question? And one is going to be about what is the human perception of time, and one is what is physical understanding of time yeah and human perception is philosophy potentially psychology maybe even biology i'm not going to get into that one to do with the frame rate of your eyes from a physical perspective time is a coordinate it's a measure of the distance between two things similar to space and is the, is the phrase space time hoving into view very absolutely. quickly absolutely when we start, start discussing general relativity we have to start discussing space time because time and space are intrinsically linked and they are our way and the universe's way to separate different things so things are not just separate in space they're separate in time and they are separate in space time and the experience of space time and how space time is affected by gravity is really the key to general relativity now, the key thing is, is that there is a misunderstanding, a common misunderstanding, which is that space and time are very similar. And that is not true. So even within the construct of general relativity, where you have measurements in space-time, space and time are still treated slightly differently. And I could go very deep into the mathematics here and... Essentially, mathematically speaking, the key difference is when you're doing four-dimensional mathematics, space dimensions... I'm sorry, what did you just f say? <laughs> four-dimensional di four mathematics? Yes, you have to calculate four-dimensional mathematics because when you're dealing with gravity, you are calculating how it affects space and how it affects time. And that, that change is consistent across space and time. So you deal with four-dimensional quantities. You are calculating the difference in both space and time between events and how those are affected by the gravitational field. Fundamentally, 
It's about, you know, when people say it's about the journey, not the destination, they're idiots because the journey is the destination. Bam. Kaboom. Yeah. Well, is are that you true? Jack, are you Jack Kerouac? No. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. That's the kind of thing you'd write in a book and teens would love it, but you oh, would yeah, be yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. Very much, <laughs> so, very much like a college understanding going, wow, that's deep, man. Yeah, dude. So the key difference, and the, the mathematics are incredibly complicated, but the key difference between space and time is actually simply one of sign. So if you treat space dimensions as when they combine, when you're calculating by multiplying them together, as uh, interacting in the sense that both numbers are positive and therefore you times them together then you have to do, when you do it the same with time, you have to give it a negative sign. For the listener at home, you'll have noticed that Bryn has entered his area of expertise (laughs) and the density of facts to the frequency of stupid interjections has very much changed. Bryn, back (laughs) over to you. And everything gets very complicated, yes. But, so, and there have been people do conduct physics in more complex space-times to sort of, to, to understand how different universes might work if they had different sets of physical and uh, time-like dimensions and you you have to if you're constructing a universe you want to play in you have to state how many spatial dimensions it has and how many time-like dimensions it has because at any point they are separable so space and time are related but not identical so these people are playing physics jazz basically yes <laughs> and also it's a, it must be a great place because at no point can anybody really say no you're wrong because how would you prove it <laughs> maths i guess in in that field it's all about the working right they keep Absolutely. going yeah yeah and and is there d- definitely a point where like our fundamental because i know maths isn't just numbers because algebra is not it's maths is relationships because yeah. algebra is maths and there are no numbers i involved. mean at this point maths is also time tim so well, like yeah well, <laughs> <laughs> no, but also been in a very fundamental way space and you did forget that yeah oh. um, um so is there a point when it's like well guess what the way that we've developed our fundamental understanding of the relationships that make up maths is wrong in a way that means it's impossible for you to ever understand it because you've started from the wrong point yeah maybe so really they're wasting their time <laughs> i think that is the problem and of, their like, space we've, we've got to the point where we're shackled by our own ability yeah. to perceive and process information right you just it's standpoint theory the whole way down yeah. it's really tricky after yeah. a while yeah so so most of physics is you know studying the relationship between forces and how forces affect objects most and... of physics is trying to attain tenure brin you know that oh that's a good point <laughs> kapow and take that the university system <laughs> in the newtonian form- formulation gravity is a force but in the relativistic formulation, gravity is no longer a force. And you have both correctly identified the, the well-known understanding is that gravity is, in fact, a distortion of space-time. The major metaphor for that being the heavy, weighty balls on the rubber sheet and our, 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 our mental picture of how that works. There's a reason it's become very well-known is because it is a yeah. useful one. Thank you, the book Black Holes and Uncle Albert. Absolutely. <laughs> I was. I feel like there must be a question coming at some point, but I've forgotten the where he started, so I'm going to be very confused when it arrives. <laughs> Episode sixty-two tracks was something stupid. That, yeah, you know, that's like. So. So I, I've copied out a whole speech from Trexel here. Oh no, you didn't Ooh. want to do that. That's not. Would like... you? Would you like to share it with me so I can deliver it live? 
It's density, David. Gravity is sort of time for some reason that was explained to me, but I've never looked into it. But as far as I can understand it, if you suddenly go, kaboom, there's a big thing here, time's all like, whoa, buddy, need to fill that mass with some time, and it sucks time out of all the other places. <laughs> or, if you like, there's loads of mass here, like a mountain, but it needs to go away now, Kablam. Time's all like, there was loads of time in that. I was storing all my time in that mountain, and now it's spilling out all over the place. Oh, this podcast is quite funny. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I confused time with gas uh, <laughs> and pressure. <laughs> oh, God. Is is there a certain like mass to time to pressure relationship that I can claim is what I was talking about? Or Well, so I think, uh, would, would, we, would we like to offer any commentary from uh, our current understanding of that the phrase whoa buddy need to fill that mass with some time and it sucks time out from all the other places <laughs> so i suppose we could say like a, a something with a lot of mass has a lot of gravity and therefore has an effect on time so if you introduced a sudden point of of mass that would impact the time it would indeed would the time say whoa buddy need to fill that with some time yeah Maybe hang on not. a minute as well you're treating time like a fluid like apparently there is a finite <laughs> amount of time that pours out of other bits of time yeah i don't Into know the time puddle f- of time like does, you're creating a time lake does bring does time flow I mean, Ooh, it, what yes, a question! It, I mean, it does the flow of no, time. Not the, yeah, we're not talking about the passage, Ben. I'm talking about actual physical time. Oh, moving. you get like, can you get a bucket of time and pour and just it, pour it over pour someone's it head so they get really head, old like really quickly? Gatorade at the end of <laughs> you a... just like a like a science prank. You chuck a cup of time in someone's face, <laughs> and their face gets thirty years older than the rest of them. <laughs> So I'm not sure about the part, fill that mass with some time, but it certainly doesn't suck time out of all the other places. Very, very quickly, Tim has successfully identified the metaphysics of the end of The Last Crusade, where Belloc drank time out of the fake cup, (laughs) and that's what happened. That's what aged him. Absolutely. So in fact, the key thing is, is that the presence of a lot of mass slows time down. And in yes. fact, the places far away will continue to have the same amount of time they always did before. It's not being sucked away. It's the, no. the, the mass itself is what's distorting space-time and effectively slowing down time. I'm just going to very quickly say Event Horizon and then step back and just <laughs> yeah, see if I've not... The second half of that sentence then is... There was loads of time in that. I was storing all my time in that mountain and now it's spilling out all over the place. That's a... <laughs> bit closer if a fact of a large mass no hold the hell up Bryn (laughs) Trexel Geisman PhD it is confirmed if you suddenly removed a source of mass suddenly time dilation would lessen so you would have suddenly more in some sense okay time okay but again it didn't spill it didn't indeed spill like it's not somebody was standing like a little bit away and suddenly they got older because they got washed in a little tidal wave of time is time at all springy and what i mean by that is if you had a large mass and that was slowing down time if you in an instant got rid of that mass would it go like fast is it sort of even now is it vibrated back to a point because you know what you're obsessed knowing science knowing science you're obsessed could be a thing no you're obsessed with treating time like a state of matter i love it 
I don't think it would, but given that there's no known physical process to suddenly and completely remove mass in that way... Yeah. Surely they've used mass. They're simulating other dimensions, Bryn. <laughs> Come I on. Think I, could, I could conceivably get at least a bit of funding to look into it. I think it's at that level. Possibly. Possibly. Bouncy time? Question bouncy mark? Bouncy time? Question mark? <laughs> and I'll just buy a bouncy castle and a watch and see where I get. <laughs> I've actually just funded my children's birthday party. (laughs) I've just broken into a party and called it funding. (laughs) I've got in my notes here about this episode, just the sentence in all caps, no black holes for Trexel. And I can't remember if that's my comment or if that was a sentence in the episode. Uh, No, he has been, I think he has been banned from black holes. I'm on the list, unfortunately. I keep on saying I'm, I am not Trexel. Yeah, this is concerning, Tim. I'm glad glad the show is over so we can stop this journey. No, because luckily all of my other characters will be completely unlike Trexel. It's not the only character I can play, honest. <laughs> so, we, we we make the claim, we make the claim in episode 62 that Stella Firma is in fact powered by black holes. Yes. And the whole, the whole problem of the episode comes down to dealing with the effects of these black holes yes are you going to are you about to bring me up on the idea that of of in the business of taking in or putting out energy to quote-unquote power things which one i think black holes are in the business of doing no no okay my note my note on this 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 uh hypothetical supposition cellophane is powered by black holes is this can actually work, smiley face. Is there some sort of, like, black hole paddle and it's spinning as all the time goes past, moving the paddle like a turbine? The other is question, no. <laughs> is, has this got something to do with Hawking radiation? No, although that, oh, okay. is, a, that is an interesting feature of black holes, and I'm yeah, excited is, that you know about it. Isn't it? It's like, theoretically, that's the, that's the only thing that, like, escapes or is output by a black hole. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's not going to be powerful enough to provide any energy. But it does indeed exist. You could read a book by it, but you're not going to light a house. <laughs> <laughs> you could read A Brief History of Time, ironically. You could. Yeah. yeah. But nobody ever has. Everyone's bought it. No one's read it. Not even Steve. <laughs> so the key thing now, as I've said, the effect of a black hole at the centre of Cellophane is a space station, I think. Look, we never really, you know, it might be an Omnicron. Who knows? Absolutely. Who can say? The the effect on time of a black hole being somewhere, you know, in the centre or maybe at the bottom of Stellar Firma as a space station, it would be consistent around it. It's not going to have massively uneven effects. It's not going to cause time pockets. But, but, if we have this black hole, there is going to be an effect. I think the question really should be, what is a black hole? I remember, I believe, from last time, that a black hole is a super dense point that has become it's it's a a, a a matter that has got so dense that light can no longer escape it which is the the black within the black hole and when it gets to that point it becomes a black hole and i'm yeah. going to say it is a prolapse in space time <laughs> okay. and the red dwarf is a mm? oh god what is hive? it when is it a no, hive no, no what is it when the the bit of muscle in your thing comes oh, hernia. out a hernia. A red yeah. dwarf is a hernia oh, in space. Well, ben, so what earlier, is, Tim, what is a brown earlier, dwarf? you uttered the phrase event horizon, and I'm going to give you, yes. I'm going to give a point to Tim there for a decent explanation of what a black hole is. I'm going to allow Ben to expand on what, and on what an event horizon is to earn an equal point. 
yes, it's all right, Tim. I, I know what an event horizon I is. I know. Um, it is it is the area around a black hole at which light cannot escape. Correct. Okay. So Once, point, it's the point of no return fundamentally. In episode two, you, you of, of of Tim and Ben do science. You called it the point at which the hole becomes black. I <laughs> Did believe I? Is how we, yes, I think you described that it sounds as like something such. that you would say. I know, which is why it surprised me when I listened oh, back. Fair, fair Somebody's going to listen to it back, and it turns out it's me, and I just think <laughs> I said everything. And there was that bit where I talked about my PhD. You know, the one I have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now. One of the key things about a black hole is that when matter passes over the event horizon, it is no longer possible to observe it. And we say that no information can come back out. Mm. So we cannot know anything about the matter that is still inside that black hole in any real sense. But a black hole can have three properties. So a black hole, all other information about what makes up the black hole, what's inside it, has been erased. It is impossible to tell. But there are three properties about the black hole that is, is possible to observe from outside the black hole. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can we guess what those properties are? One will be its size. What do you mean by its size? Well, the diameter of the event horizon. Well, I would say then more accurately, it's mass. So you don't know what's going on with it, but you know how much stuff has gone in because the more stuff that goes in, the more dense it is, the larger it becomes. So you can work it out from that, surely. I'm going to give the point to Tim there. So this is uh, unacceptable. It's <laughs> its effect on other things around it. One of the the key thing is its mass, and there is a sense in which you're right, Ben, in that the size, the the shape of the event horizon, it, it's actually very difficult to observe. That it's difficult to tell from outside exactly where the event horizon is. What you have to do is work out what its effect on everything around it is. Yeah, it's because space From is quite that, dark. Work out it? its mass. So, space, even and then with there a is big a, torch. There is a yeah. there is a the Schwarzschild equation will ter- will calculate from its mass what the radius of the 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 event horizon is. So it, its mass is the first, and it's the easiest, and it's the key one. And most black holes, as far as we know, only have this single property: they have a mass, because the other two are rarer. But there are two other properties a black hole can have, which well, can guess- have an effect on the things around it. Well, I, I mean, I guess one would be its, I just don't know the, the word for this, but it's like radiance, right? Because I said that like Hawking radiation is a thing that could be observed out of a black hole. So it's an observable property of a black hole? It is, yes. Once again, however, it is entirely dependent on the mass of the black hole. Oh, okay. Black holes very gradually, as as the Hawking radiation leaks out of them, is it worth stopping here to explain what Hawking radiation is? No. If you want to know what Hawking radiation is, go and read my master dissertation, which is available on the Rusty Quill Discord. <laughs> I don't know if that will explain it either. It won't. It's completely is it one, incomprehensible. Is it one of those ones where uh, to understand go, the paper, you already need to have written the paper. Yeah. Go to Wikipedia. I no, wrote sure it 15 years ago when I was much smarter. <laughs> Hawking radiation is a thing which is emitted by black holes. Sure. It, it gradually, black holes very gradually lose mass as the Hawking radiation essentially evaporates off them. Yeah. So the amount of Hawking radiation... And the rate at which they evaporate is controlled by their mass. So unfortunately, it doesn't count as a separate property because it's derived from their mass as well. Can you therefore tell its age? Good question, but no. Oh. Because I thought I was of, real smart. It can have started at any size. 
the the mass right. of a black hole determines its so size. You need to know the yes, you yeah. need to know how it started, and they're quite old, I've heard. Yeah, and the bigger it is, the slower it evaporates as well. So most of the black observable black holes we know of are very big and therefore evaporate incredibly slowly. And the the hypothesized micro black holes that we think could exist evaporate relatively fast, and therefore it's very difficult to observe them. So are we still stuck on one answer, which is mass, and we've not got any of the other two? Yeah, yet. it's really other interesting because I'm quite oh. difficult yeah i'm racking because i'm racking my brains about like things that we could know about a black hole and a lot of them are functions of of, of, the of mass. its mass so it's yeah. velocity because that is the key one in space it's movement yes. within space because it, it doesn't it's not going to be stationary everything's moving about yes it's velocity through space is or the mostly veloc- going to be determined by what else is around it and again yes. by its own mass but there's one aspect of its movement which is independent of what is near it. The, it's the rate of expansion. Wait, independent. Wait, movement that's independent, but like movement is only is relative because otherwise I say like acceleration, but that's all relative to the things around it. What do planets do? Orbit. They orbit other things, but, but how? That's, that's ob- yeah. True. Spin. It's spin. spin. It's spin. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We got there. We got there. Okay, I'm gonna. The, give... I meant to say the velocity of its spin. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to give the point to Tim there. You both contributed yes. to that answer, but Tim came up with no, the idea he, of velocity, and I think the, that's the key one. He got us into the ballpark. Yeah. I, got us in the, I got us in the spin door. Yeah. So as yeah. far as we can tell, most black holes don't spin, but some black holes do. And it's the spin of a black hole, which is as you know, essentially much like a planet or a star, it you know it it is roughly spherical in terms of that being the the event horizon itself is spherical. It'll be an oblate spheroid of some kind, Bryn. Yeah, if it can be spinning. And we can tell that by the effect of its gravity on the things around it, potentially, if it is spinning. The third property a black hole can have. Now, I want you to think about the forces. If the only thing that a black hole can do, so we can't pass information in and out of it, the only thing we can do is observe its effect on the thing around it. What, well, mass and the spin are the gravitational forces it exerts, what other force could a black hole potentially exert on things outside the area of the black hole? It's draw or it's pull. How do you mean? Well, how quickly things begin to fall into it before they get to the vent. That's, yeah, that is a function of the mass. That's going to be a mass. What other forces exist in the universe? What else can pull on things apart from gravity? Can pull on things apart from gravity in space. In a physics context. It's wind. Charisma. What's the black hole's wind? <laughs> what, what, what can? Because if you said to me, you know, what moves things about, it's, well, it's oh, it, your, your uh, propulsion. Mag- magnetism. Magma. No, no magnetism. <laughs> magnetism. It's been correct. We're almost there. I'm because it's the give... weak magnetic force, right? I'm going to give the point to Ben. It seems for fair. This one. I I said magma. <laughs> Magmatism. <laughs> there are our current understanding is there are four fundamental forces in the universe. Four ways for objects to interact with each other. The first one we've been talking about loads is gravity. The second one is the electromagnetic force. So that is. Magnets are a part of it, but the much more common expression is charge. Mm. So if we remember back to physical chemistry, uh, atoms, protons, electrons, protons are positive, electrons are negative, they have an effect on each other. So electrically charged objects, static electricity is a good example of that, where it charges objects and they can attract each other or repel each other. Now, we more commonly see that as magnetism in magnetism because magnets pull on each other, but really that is a 
an outgrowth of magnetic charges and outgrowth of electrical charge, essentially. Which is why motors are magnets spinning at each other. Yeah. So generators are magnets spinning at each other, rather. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. So the three properties a black hole can have are its mass, its spin, and its charge. Because it, it can pull on stuff gravitationally, but it can potentially also pull on stuff electrically. Oh, is, is this how we're getting back round to the idea that a black hole could power something because it has a charge? Ooh. Because if it has a charge, then you... I mean, it would be pretty tricky to stick the wires in, but you could... <laughs> well, no, I mean, you're not going to stick wires in. You're not going to stick wires in. So... Oh, no, the wires have been sucked beyond the event horizon and have become movies. <laughs> I believe it is all... It is extremely rare for a black hole to have a charge because most matter is not charged and therefore if it pulls in matter from the rest of the universe it's never going to acquire one so i think the charge of a black hole is more or less theoretical but if a spinning black hole had a charge that could potentially create electric current if you you could just put electric wires near it and it would essentially act like its own generator i hadn't thought of that but i guess that's possible well how the worm has turned, Bryn. <laughs> well done, Tim. That is definitely a point for Tim. Thank you. Thank you so much. I've never been prouder of myself. I, I'm not even mad. That was, uh, you know. So the the commonly accepted method, and given that spinning black holes seem to exist relatively frequently, if not quite as frequently as non-spinning black holes, the commonly accepted method to extract energy from a black hole is if you, say, fly your spaceship near the black hole, and as you're passing the black hole, you toss a huge, huge block of garbage into the black hole. As you leave the area close to the black hole, you will, without doing anything else, just by tossing away your garbage, have gained speed. Yes, in the same way that if you were holding a ball in space and you chucked it away from you, you would gain speed. No, more than that. More than that. Because well, otherwise you'd toss your garbage away anywhere in space yes. and it would be fine. That's a very good point. And and then it would just be like, yeah, Bryn, obviously. And then we would just like punch you in the face and break your glasses for being a nerd. <laughs> and you are you're essentially stealing momentum from the black hole. And if you do this, the black hole will gradually slow down the rate at which it spins. But this is a well-understood property of spinning black holes because huh. the distortion of space-time around a spinning black hole is slightly different from the distortion of space-time around a stationary black hole. And it creates an area of very weird space-time in a small kind of... Pocket? It, it's an oblate sp spheroid. So if the event horizon of the black hole is, is going to be more or less completely spherical, the weird space-time if the faster the black hole is spinning, will get squashed at the axis and elongate around the equator of spin. So you have to do it in this weird area of space-time, which I think is, I want to call it the ergosphere, and I can't remember. God, it's been too long since I read up about spinning black holes, but hey. So is this, is this in any way related? Because obviously we're dealing in like a hyper-specific, this only happens in a weird special place around black holes. But given that we're talking about going past and sort of like using its, its is it in any way related to the idea of like when you slingshot yourself around mass to gain speed? A little bit, a little bit. That I mean, that process is just you let gravity pull you in and then you've gained speed from that. And then because you exit at a slightly different angle, you don't lose as much speed as you gained. 
but it, yes. I guess it's similar in a sense. But here, but I suppose it's only similar in the sense that you're exchanging forces with each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, which is how everything. This works. relies everything on the very that. specific weird effects of on space time of a spinning black hole, and this idea that if you chuck something into the black hole, you yes. go faster than you otherwise would, and the black hole slows down slightly. But, but would you have to be so close that you couldn't escape? No. So it's it's very it- crucial that this ergosphere extends past outside the radius of the event horizon. There you go. It's the first question you have to ask yourself when you're going out for a night out. Is the ergosphere beyond the event horizon? And if you don't ask yourself that, you're just asking for trouble. You are very much asking for trouble. You've been elongated to an infinite yeah. d- infinite length and compressed into an infinite point. But you do get to meet God, who is in the middle of a black hole. Bryn, confirm. That's that God particle yeah. that Bryn loves talking Ugh. about so much. Ugh. I looked that up. I looked that up. Can I start scientists... to take points away no, from Tim no, no, again? No, 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 no. I'm actually going to support you here. I looked up a, 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 a little while ago, oh, and, the, and, the, and the guy that was talking about that, to be fair... It's a shortening of the phrase, that goddamn particle. Because they couldn't find it, yep. Yeah, so to be fair, the guy who named it wasn't being a ding-dong. Yeah. And was like, they've they've misunderstood it. But then he did do another book that used the same title, thus compounding his mistake and taking away all of the points he got for actually not calling it the god particle, really. Okay. (laughs) I've angered Bryn. Well, in our episode 62, which is what we're still talking about. Nominally. we've We've got these time pockets of messed up time. Because we're apparently, when we're stealing energy from the black hole, which I assume is due to this ergosphere transference. It's what I was referring to when I mentioned it. Perhaps the garbage is being flung out of the black hole with a little pocket of weird space time around it. Who can say? Trexel's proposed solution to this problem, as as part of the consultancy, is to simply put another black hole on one side of the stellar firma, probably space station. Yes. Balance it out. Which he claims will suck the time bubbles out. Is is there now? This is a completely separate question, but one I'd love to ask. And and what is this? Po- what is this? What is this podcast if not a completely separate question that uses some of the same words? <laughs> so if you have a black hole and then you have another black hole far enough away that they don't, <laughs> I was about to use the phrase "suck each other off," but that's not the phrase oh, I mean to say. <laughs> <laughs> It's lad science. <laughs> also, oh Tim, are you going to try and invent a, a black hole well, railgun? Sort of, but like, is there is there a theoretical point at which the black holes are far enough away from each other that they don't fall into each other? Maybe that maybe yes, they're orbiting absolutely. each other. Absolutely. So you have like two black holes, and then you have a point in the middle of those two terrifying forces at which it is actually all fine and normal because the power of one and the power of the other have cancelled itself out at that point. Tim, I, I think you're talking about a really difficult Lagrange point. Ooh, ooh, Ben. Ooh, ooh, ooh Ben. ben. Lagrange ben, Hey, Ben, follow, up th- follow that up with an explanation, why don't you? Uh, yes, so a Lagrange point is a point where, and like obviously it's it's mainly a sci-fi thing, but it's, it's associated with ideas of FTL. It's like a point where things will float sti- like at a fixed point within a system, I think, because like the... the Gravitational forces yeah. are acting in balance so that you kind of like, it's a place where you could literally just like float in space. It's where the pivot would be. If the forces were all bars, it's yeah. where the pivot would be. Definitely giving a point to Ben there. Very sexy use of the phrase Lagrange point. And it's correctly, stuff. correctly. So Tim, the answer to your question is yes. And Ben, y- yeah, you would pr- probably call that Lagrange point. And I stole point. Tim's point. This. I should have never brought it up. <laughs> so, so, uh... this is a common misunderstanding of black holes. Black holes are not magic. From outside the event horizon of a black hole, it acts the same way any other concentration of mass would. 
and the more common concentrations of masses that we're familiar with in this context are suns and planets. If you and are also pencils and horses. Well, indeed, but we're talking about you know kind of <laughs> big, really big horses. <laughs> Massive yes, horses. Massive horses. A black hole is not going to suck anything in if it is where something was before. If our sun was spontaneously replaced with a black hole, I mean, very bad for other reasons, but the planets would all continue to orbit, assuming the, the, the new black hole had the same mass as the current sun does, the planets would all continue to orbit exactly as they have. There would assuming be no change. They were- beyond the event horizon because if, exactly. if they were within the event horizon things would go very badly very yes, quickly absolutely because is, is is that the thing because i was there's always the things like oh if when the sun turns into a black hole which it might yeah no it's I, not big enough uh, i don't think oh, our sun, if can, a sun did turn yes. into a black hole it would ex- does it also expand or is that is that when it turns into a red dwarf it expands the life cycle of a star is that yeah as it transitions through the different stages of its life it does both expand and contract and yeah the the giant stage is when it expands a black hole is normally a contraction so a black hole is if in physical size a lot smaller smaller in general because that's how density works no i was just vaguely remembering an idea of like when our sun reaches the end of its life the orbit of the planet of our planet at the very least and probably most of them is within the area to which it will expand really messing stuff up as it goes yeah i think the well, latest the, calculations yeah. of the, the earth will be will remain outside the radius of the sun because as the sun is expanding it's also becoming it, it's actually bleeding off mass slightly and so it will actually have a slightly lesser gravitational effect and the like a slow punctured balloon yes, so the 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 current radius of the orbit the earth is on will be inside the sun when it's in its giant phase but as it gets there the earth will actually move slightly further away from the sun oh it's at the same away. time <laughs> because of the all the various effects that yeah. have. but yes so if you put this black hole on one side of stellar firma now if obviously if you spontaneously create it you're massively changing the gravitational conditions in which this space station exists and it will probably fall in but in any normal so if you bring a black hole there, if you just give the space station a little push, the space station will probably orbit the black hole. It also is suggested that the black hole will suck out these time bubbles somehow differently to the rest of the things on the space station. Yes, and I, and I totally yes. appreciate that that's bollocks. <laughs> no, it's because no, it's because the no, it's because the space time. That is to be fair. Ben does make a very valid point that it is the space yeah. time. So, well, I, I believe that even at the time in the episode, David Seven objects <laughs> to this plan on moral grounds. Now, whether his objection is justified or not, he 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 claims that putting a black hole on one side of the station will probably cause stellar firma to fall into the black hole. Yeah, they, they they've got a point, right? <laughs> Trexel's solution to this is that, in fact, we put a second black hole on the other side of the space station in order to stabilise it. The Lagrange point I is I think back. you'll find it's called <laughs> the Legeistman point. Yeah. What effect do we think having two black holes equidistant yes. from the space station would be? I think we would get very long and thin. I think you're overthinking this. I think the answer is nothing. Is it nothing? I'm going to give a point to Ben here. It's not quite nothing, but it's pretty close to nothing. So firstly, yeah, if you've got two identical black holes equidistant from where you are, almost all the effect of the two of them is going to be completely cancelled out. 
And that is indeed the point of putting them there. It's the, the stabilization. Yes. You're cancelling the effect. You but are. Trexel Geisman had a point. Did you say Trexel Geisman <laughs> had a point there, Brendan? Because I think you just said that Trexel Geisman had a point because the whole point was I put a second one there. I, not, sorry, Trexel, <laughs> yes. put a second one there to cancel out the first one. Well, I mean, yes. So in that sense, it worked. In the second sense, mm-hmm. what it means is you've accomplished nothing because these these bub- these pockets of distorted space-time will also have the effect. Well, not nothing, yes. Bryn, because assumedly we've expended an astronomical amount of energy to create two <laughs> black holes. So something happened. Yeah. Well, although the forces, although the forces have all been balanced out, and in that sense the total effect is zero, you have massively increased the strength of the gravitational field in which you are living. So the, in what although the, direction? The, the, the force effect has been cancelled out, so you're not being pulled in yeah. any specific direction. What has increasing the strength of the background sort of gravitational field done? Has it messed with time? It has indeed messed with time. What's Ooh. it done? It slowed it down. Indeed. Points which, for which Tim. Gives us, which gives us more time to work on projects, thus increasing our lead times, thus improving efficiency. The exact opposite. Because there is going so yeah, they're, 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 <laughs> you have effectively slowed down time. Very, very importantly, Bryn. Very importantly, <laughs> the clocks that we're running that by are on our side of the time dilation. <laughs> so they're like, it's late, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Look at this calendar. It's still seventy years ago for you. I don't know how I'm calling them because time doesn't work like that, Bryn, as you well know. <laughs> Oh. That I have to, I have to confess, Tim. It's very disappointing to award you a point and for you to instantly say something for me to have to go the complete opposite. <laughs> yes, I got I in in classic fashion. I often get the idea but get it the wrong he's, way he's around. Much like when point. I learn, like much like when I learn someone's name isn't one name, it's another name, and then I automatically call them the wrong name. <laughs> It's a very similar principle. <laughs> so yes, unfortunately, Trexel's solution, while will not solve the problem because the two equidistant black holes will have no effect on anything except causing greater problems down the road by slowing down time within Stella Firma and meaning that everyone having to deal with you from outside is more impatient at you effectively. But it does mean that we can, we can time travel until they're all dead. So what are they going to do? Sue us? I've used the word time travel and Bryn has gone quiet. <laughs> well, I but mean, I, we are travelling through time in terms of the perspective. Yeah, relatively, from their perspective, we're travelling forward so. in time I really so. fast. That yeah, is you're time just travel. going to outlive everyone by, yeah. by yeah. living longer than they are because you're experiencing time true, at a slower rate. True victory is attending your enemy's funeral, as we know. <laughs> but the trouble is, I mean, could you... I mean, I guess you could get out. Yeah, of course you could get out because we're not beyond the event horizon. So, you know, it's just very inefficient. You just have to spend a lot of fuel... <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I've got I've got some notes here that David is correct about the messed up time with the two black holes. So apparently David Seven said something at least partially correct about how this go. would have a detrimental effect. Brit, it was ages ago, but I'm glad I was right in the past. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to give a point to Ben for saying something correct in character, even though I don't remember what it was. Yeah, <laughs> I will take it, but that does feel unfair given that Tim is playing Trexel. <laughs> <laughs> I am literally paid to be wrong. <laughs> uh, David also brings up the very strange worry, the question of will everyone be spaghettified? And again, I love that we've we've clearly heard the term spaghettification. From you. <laughs> what is spaghettification? What do we think spaghettification is and how is it related to a black hole? Uh, it's when you go beyond the event horizon and you are pulled you, you like theoretically have become effectively like an infinite length at, because you're being pulled into like an infinitely small point because because time stops functioning at the event horizon you're both at the event horizon and in the middle of the black hole like at the same time so 
I always thought it was because, like, if you're sticking your hand into it, like, you're, when you go through that point, the, the bits of you that have sort of passed beyond are being pulled in at a great speed faster than the bits behind it. So it lengthens until it snaps because the bit at the end, the bit closer to the center of the black hole is going faster than the bits behind it. So it has to get thinner and longer until, of course, it just breaks down. I'm going to give a point to Tim there. That's fair. Yes. I think that's pretty close. Yeah, that's essentially what happens. It's essentially that as you get closer to the centre of the black hole, and this can be on the event horizon, but it's not necessarily, depending on the size of the black hole, it doesn't necessarily happen on the event horizon. It can be... You inside it, it can actually be outside it if if you get the right sort well, of. Well, I suppose hole. we we you can get yeah. In theory, if the gravity is you know if the gravity on a planet is stronger, you get a bit shorter, so you have been squished. So like it's you're just it's just pulling and pushing. Well, spaghettification is a is a is a description of a very specific phenomenon that does only occur really in black holes because of the extremeness of the force. Because of the extremeness, because yeah. it's to do as well with and uh, you said something very important here, Tim, about the fact that if 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 say you're falling in feet first. The idea that yeah. your feet, because they're going to be closer to the centre, will end yes. up being pulled faster than the rest of you. they're accelerating. So you need what's called a gravitational gradient. So you need, effectively, you, you are spaghettified if the gravitational forces on your feet and on your head are different enough for there to be a substantial effect. Because they, they are different right now. I'm experiencing yes. more gravity on my feet than my head. Yes, but the difference you is know, so small that it's completely irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Absolutely. Why you get taller when you're lying down? Yeah, uh, uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah, because uh, because your head is not being pulled towards your feet, your body no, is but being that, pulled. No, but that's compression, but that... not yeah. spaghettification. That's just to do with like things squishing due to. No, but then you get you. No, get... but it's not. No, but no, spaghettification but... is due to acceleration and the great right, like. Yeah, and you're decelerating against the floor. But so the, the no the compression the compression would happen even if the the force on your head and your toes were identical as long as it was downwards. Yeah. Whereas spaghettification is very specifically a different force on your head and your toes. I withdraw my point, Your Honour, although I did enjoy the fact that I got to say standing on the floor is decelerating against the floor, because that is true, I believe. That is accurate. You are constantly yep. decelerating yep. against the floor. Effectively, yeah. And I just like to be right in some <laughs> form. Yeah. And spaghettification, yeah, you get stretched out, you get long and thin, and you are fundamentally ripped apart by gravitational tidal forces because the pull on your feet is so much stronger than the pull on your head. And so one thing to remember is if you're ever falling into a black hole, try and fall in sideways. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, what? So you can enjoy the right side of your brain being torn yeah, apart I was from say, the I left definitely, side of definitely your fall brain. in head first because you'll get killed more quickly. <laughs> well, I mean, depending on the size of the black hole, the spaghettification effect may or may not That's be a enough to kill you. I mean, if you're falling into a black hole, obviously you've got bigger concerns, yeah. probably. I mean, hey, you might you might travel to another dimension. We don't know. Absolutely. But if you want to you give yourself... You will be dead when you get there. You'll probably be dead when but you get there. <laughs> if you want to give yourself the best chance to survive, it's important to fall in sideways. Sure, yeah, no, fair if, enough. If, yeah. if you think you're already gone and you want to die as quickly as possible, then... How would how would you turn in... in in How would you turn to be... How would you reorientate yourself sideways? And if you're falling in, how are you sort of I like... mean, to be honest, at the point where you know you're falling in, like, you've probably... <laughs> you like, just chuck your shoe or something to try and make sure this process... Like, is it even, you know... <laughs> I've also got here in my notes, time is relative, well done, Trexel. So I'm going to award a point for Tim for saying something Yay! correct in character. What? Because time is relative. <laughs> ben, it's what so we've learned. basic. I mean, as you said, Ben, I've got to be fair. Like, uh, you know, yeah, I can't no, penalise right. Tim for the fact he's playing Trexel. I mean, you can because it benefits me. 
the time time is relative the sun is hot the sun is doomed to repeat the mistakes of the father these are all <laughs> fundamental things that we know ben ah oh, good stuff <laughs> good yes I'm good. and i'm going to order another point for ben for correctly just pointing out when Trek starts describing the shape of something that's a cuboid not a cube because that's also in my notes here good stuff <laughs> i love God. we're getting retroactive points hells why not <laughs> Well, we're we're close. I think we're close to finishing here because the the eventual solution actually is once we've realised that the dual black holes won't work, is we create a time annex to store the messed up time pockets, yes. and we build time yeah. robots out of. Oh yes, this is the thing. This is the thing specifically that we invented to annoy Count him. Downium. Countdownium. Countdownium is apparently a time-resistant metal, and its yes. internal it time cannot be altered. Yes. Yes. Now, can you can you conclusively prove that Countdownium can't do that, Bryn? And may I remind you, you are a scientist. Sounds like sounds like somebody's about to say no and then try and quickly follow up with the word but, but it'll be far too late. <laughs> the laws of physics as we currently understand them do not allow for a metal with that property to exist. Oh, a lawyer's just walked in. Okay, okay, okay. But much like wormholes, do they allow for, if it could exist, that it could not continue to exist? I don't know. <laughs> so... As we've discovered, well, time, time is not a fluid. Time cannot penetrate things. It cannot flow from one place to another. It is a property. It is part of space-time, which is a fundamental property of the universe. So anything that sure. exists within the universe has to experience space-time. But now, interestingly, interestingly, yeah. there are some things that effectively do not experience time. Is it things from other dimensions? No. Okay. I've, we talked earlier about how when things travel fast, they can never reach the speed of light because they are massive. So what is it that... Something without mass. Well, it's, 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 it's light. Light itself. Ben is correct. A point for Ben. Oh, because light is moving at the speed of light, so light can't experience any time because it's going as fast as time. <laughs> light is going the speed of time because time is the speed of light. Yes. Which I want printed on something. <laughs> the speed you know of what? time. You know what? You know what, everybody? I might not have much knowledge, but when I hear something, by God, I can put it in a phrase. I mean, you've <laughs> just named a prog rock album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the speed of light is indeed the speed of time. And photons, which are the particle that makes up light and other forms of electromagnetic radiation, travel at the speed of light. And they effectively, because they travel at the speed of light, they... Within special and general relativity, the mathematical formulation of how they act and interact and move means that they experience their entire timeline in a single point. They essentially travel in space without moving through time because time has no meaning for them because they are traveling at the speed of light. And to do that, they have to be massless. Yeah. That's very important. Massive particles cannot achieve speed of light travel. Only massless particles can. And photons are the key example of that. So photons are the particle that represents light, and light is electromagnetic radiation, and electromagnetism is a force, and so photons are a force-carrying particle and massless. And so, yes, the other force-carrying particles, so gravitons are the particle that carries gravity, they also are massless and travel at the speed whoa, of light. Whoa, 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 whoa. Gravity is a particle? No. Well, then what the it's piss did you just say? It's a distortion of space-time. No, okay, okay, no, that's great, that's great. But you just said there's a particle that carries gravity. So, I heard you with my ears. We mentioned <laughs> earlier how Newtonian physics breaks down in certain circumstances. 
there are two branches of non-Newtonian physics. I feel like I'm in a pub and about to fight someone. <laughs> General and special relativity. <laughs> the other is quantum mechanics. Yeah, the one that Einstein doesn't like. The two theories are not compatible. Oh. So that is the key thing. So things... Is that... Yeah. So when it sounds like that doesn't make sense because you just said that... The answer is yes. There are two competing theories of our understanding of the universe. One deals with black holes, planets, galaxies, the evolution of the universe, the life scale of the universe, how it started, how it's going to end. One deals with tiny particles, the interaction of nucleuses, electrons, and subatomic particles. And in one formulation, gravity is a force similar to the other forces and is carried by a force-carrying particle. And in the other formulation, gravity is a distortion of space-time. Currently, the two theories do not work together. There are bits of theories which combine aspects of the two. So you can study relativistic quantum mechanics. If you really want to. <laughs> there are boundaries to it and so a lot of things that go wrong and problems as well. But fundamentally, these two branches of non-Newtonian physics do not fit together. And we don't yet have an understanding of what the model that brings them all back together will look like in which case i forgive you thank you <laughs> so countdownium if it's a metal and has mass cannot exist in a sense that is unaltered by time and i'm very glad that we're wrapping up these these uh, tim and men do science specials pointing out the fact that the two major branches of physics theory are fundamentally incompatible. And in fact, there's a huge amount that we just don't know and it's still being actively researched. And, you know, there's plenty to there's plenty of fun, cool, interesting things to learn about physics and plenty of fun, cool, interesting things still to be discovered. We just my, need uh, to pitch the optimistic sitcom opinion. in which we get those two branches of science living in a house together and they just don't get along. One of them's messy, <laughs> one of them's really uptight. <laughs> It'll be quantum that's up to Relatively quantum. Relatively quantum will be the name of it. And it will run for season after season, far beyond the point that everyone's lost interest. But there's too much money and inertia to stop. Thank you so much. We hope you've enjoyed this. We hope you have understood at least some of it. If you have further questions, then do feel free to ask them. I can't promise I will see the questions and answer them, but I will try. Thank you for joining us for the journey through the science of stellar firma. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Stella Firma is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, 
they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.